Section 34 of Italy, France, Spain, and Portugal. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. The World's Story, Volume 5. Italy, France, Spain, and Portugal. Edited by Eva March Chapin. Section 34. How Italy Became a United Country. 1848-1861. By Louise Crichton. After the fall of Napoleon, the princes whom he had driven out of Italy came back to their lands. In the north of Italy, Lombardy and Venice fell again under Austrian rule. The dukes and princes who ruled in the other parts of Italy were all friends of the Emperor of Austria. Many of them were not even Italians, and they ruled very harshly. The Italians hated the rule of Austria. The ideas of the French Revolution had made them, too, long for liberty and equality. Many Italians thought that Italy ought to be one country with a government of its own, and that the Austrians must be driven out. Italy had never been one nation, and this was a new idea. But to free Italy from the foreigner and to unite all Italians now became the passionate desire of many who were inspired by the love of their beautiful land and by the memory of the great men who had made her name famous. Chief amongst these patriots was Mazzini, a native of Genoa. By his words and his writings, he taught the Italians to realize their wrongs, to burn with hatred for all oppressors, and to long for liberty. There were Austrian spies everywhere and these new ideas could only be spread by secret societies. Many of those who belonged to the party of Young Italy, which Mazzini founded, were thrown into prison. Mazzini himself was exiled and spent much of his life in London. But wherever he was, he guided Young Italy by his writings and taught his followers to work for a united Italy. In 1848, the French in Paris had once more risen against the monarchy that had been imposed upon them after the fall of napoleon they established a republic and their example led to risings of the people all over europe in italy most of the rulers were forced to give their people's constitutions the austrians were driven out of milan and the king of sardinia and piedmont the one prince who was a true italian put himself at the head of the patriots most of the states in the north joined him but he was not strong enough to defeat the well-trained Austrian army, and at the Battle of Novara he was utterly defeated. The hopes of young Italy were crushed, and the old king of Piedmont gave up his crown to his son Victor Emmanuel. In Rome the people had risen against the Pope, driven him out, and set up a republic with Mazzini's help, but the Pope found a friend in the nephew of Napoleon, who had just been chosen president of the French Republic. He sent French troops, who won back Rome for the Pope. All hope of freedom and unity for Italy seemed over, and Austria was triumphant. The young king of Sardinia and Piedmont, Victor Emmanuel, was very different from the other rulers of Italy. He wanted to be a true friend to his people and to rule them well. He was helped in his reforms by a wise minister, Cavour, who had traveled much and studied the ways of other countries. Those who longed for better things for Italy began to look hopefully to Victor Emmanuel and Cavour. But Cavour was wise and would not be hurried, and he knew that the little kingdom of Sardinia and Piedmont alone 
could not be successful against austria victor emmanuel was a good soldier and did much to improve his little army he found a friend in france where the president had succeeded in getting himself made emperor as napoleon the third napoleon now agreed to help the italians against austria when victor emmanuel opened his parliament in eighteen fifty nine he told it that it was impossible to be deaf to the cry of anguish that came from many parts of italy his words were greeted with enthusiasm all present sprang to their feet with passionate cries of devotion austria angry at the growth of victor emmanuel's power had bidden him disarm his soldiers if he wished peace to be kept but now cavour felt that the time had come to defy austria the sardinian army was bidden to march into lombardy the emperor of the french himself brought french troops to help his ally and he and victor emmanuel led their armies to fight the austrians there were two great battles at magenta and solferino but then napoleon the third thought that he had done enough he made a truce with austria at villafranca by which it was agreed that lombardy should be united with piedmont and sardinia but venice was left to austria and the other princes were undisturbed cavour was indignant and would have nothing to do with this treaty but victor emmanuel was wise enough to see that for the moment he must be content the next year the other states in north italy of their own accord joined the kingdom of victor emmanuel and cavour saw that his master had been right but it was a bitter moment for them both when they were forced to give up napoleon the third as payment for his friendship savoy on the french side of the alps and a bit of the coast of the mediterranean between mentone and marseilles the italian patriots abused cavour as a traitor for yielding but he was powerless amongst those who had fought for the liberation of italy was the brave soldier garibaldi he had gathered round him his own band of followers brave men who were ready to follow him anywhere they wore no regular uniform but were distinguished by their red shirts garibaldi's courage and skill as a leader made him the hero of italy the peace of villafranca had done nothing to help the people of naples and sicily who suffered under the most hideous tyranny and next year the sicilians rose in revolt garibaldi determined to go to their help cavour could not allow him to go because victor emmanuel was supposed to be at peace with bomba king of naples and sicily but he gave secret instructions that his going was not to be prevented garibaldi landed in sicily and carried all before him he crossed to naples and there too he was everywhere victorious bomba was driven out and garibaldi was named dictator then men wondered what he would do next mazzini wanted him to proclaim a republic cavour was afraid that in the pride of victory he would march to rome and turn the pope out for then the french emperor would interfere to defend the pope and all that had been gained for italy would be lost cavour thought it well to send some troops south to be ready to keep order so when garibaldi had finally defeated bomba and marched north he met victor emmanuel with his army to him he gave up the kingdom he had won which he called a new and brilliant jewel for his crown garibaldi having done his work asked nothing for himself and went back quietly to his home in the little island of caprera italy with the exception of rome and venice was at last united the capital which was first at turin the chief city of piedmont 
was moved after a few years to florence the government was arranged as a constitutional monarchy much like that of england some especially mazzini and his followers were bitterly disappointed that united italy was not made a republic and garibaldi could not be content so long as rome was left to the pope and venice to austria but victor emmanuel and his successors have ruled as true constitutional monarchs italy has been as free as it would have been under a republic and many years did not pass before venice was taken from the austrians and made part of the kingdom of italy when napoleon the third lost his power and could no longer defend the pope with french soldiers the italians entered rome and it is now the capital of italy unfortunately the pope had always refused to accept the new state of things the great church of st peter and the palace of the vatican with its wide gardens are left to him and there he lives without ever coming outside victor emmanuel the second was succeeded by his son humbert the gallant humbert as he was called because of his bravery at the battle of magenta when he was only fifteen years of age he was greatly beloved by his people but not even their devotion could protect him from the bullet of an anarchist and in nineteen hundred he was assassinated the editor end of section thirty four this recording is in the public domain